0: Sweater ownership and maintenance. A good omen's potvig, written by Sodium Asite and read by Charp. This is part three of the Angel Who Knits series. Summary. An angel gives a handmade gift to his favourite demon with unfortunate results. Fortunately, there are some sensible humans around so apparently it was possible for snakes to be allergic to things more specifically it was both possible and not something that being an occult creature of hellish origin was exempt from even more specifically personally even it was possible for crowley to be allergic to an angel's choice of laundry detergent In a sweet, entirely innocent gesture to make sure that his gifts were soft, clean, and smelled nice, Aziraphale always gently washed his hand-knitted creations in cool water, good soap, and affection. Unfortunately, Crowley could only tolerate two of these three components, and not the two he was expecting. So, anyway... He was now sprawled out sadly over his bed, having bathed twice, slathered in some kind of awful medicated cream. He felt like he was being marinated. Maybe a Aziraphale would eat him and put him out of his itchy, sweaterless misery. He was lonely too. The angel, after desperately making certain that Crowley wasn't going to kill over dead via several calls to a very patient pharmacist, he tearfully retreated to his bookshop, poisonous sweater stuffed back into the gift bag from whence it had so triumphantly been pulled only an hour prior. Damn it, the thing had fit too. He didn't know how long Aziraphale must have spent doing the arithmetic to make sure, but the sleeves were just long enough to be comfy, and the rest of it clung to him enough to be cozy. It was softer than sin, and a rich red to match the bottle of claret that Aziraphale had brought to accompany it. He was a damn demon, and he wanted his sweater back. It was even though it had tried to kill him every silver lining had its clout he supposed he made a little gesture snapping his fingers was a no-go what with his hands irritated and liberally smeared in whatever goop the angel had insisted on his phone obediently floated above so he could see it it had been a while since he went on a Twitter spree. An hour he led thousands of retweets and the creation of several new hashtags. He was pretty sure that an embassy was about to get involved, and that was only using one of his verified accounts. Damn, he was great at what he did. His screen lit up with the angel's name, and he grinned. Aziraphale had probably read everything that existed about immune systems by now, and would be fretting and thrilled that he was still alive. He could probably get at least a few dates of his choice, and maybe a peck on the cheek out of this. This rash was entirely worth it he winked at his phone to answer eh hey, angel crowley it's me i know angel oh yes quite so obviously i mean how are you right where you left me angel I- consulted some very reputable sources, and it is of the highest importance that you be monitored to ensure that there are no unexpected symptoms. May I come over, dearest? Dearest? Crowley swallowed. Yeah, Angel, Uh, come on over. Stay as long as you like, he rasped. Oh, thank you, my dear. Tudors. The call ended as he silently mouthed Toodles to himself. This was who he had chosen to love. He was a disgrace to the name of Demon. He was smiling too hard to even take himself seriously. He was also possibly stuck to his sheets forever. The angel had gotten a bit heavy-handed with the medicated cream, and he was pretty thoroughly bastard. He took a moment to mourn his bed linens. They were his favorite shade of black. His phone pinged politely at him, waiting for him to continue his very demonic internet trawl. Still grinning like a loon, he made a conspiracy theory about goldfish, because why not? and off deep into the comment sections of a couple of new sites. Just because he didn't work for hell anymore didn't mean he couldn't still have fun. Maybe too much fun. The sound of the door opening was expected, as was any attendant angelic puttering, But the chorus of voices that abruptly filled the echoing grey halls of his flat startled him enough that he lost focus. His phone dropped flat onto his face with a splot sound. Oh, this was gross. Also, ow! He peeled his phone off his face with two fingers, cringing at the smeared screen. He lifted his other hand to miracle it clean, but yelped and dropped his phone again with a clatter at a creaky feminine giggle from right behind him. Clutching his sticky arms to his naked chest like that had ever helped anyone, he goggled back at the bemused, wrinkled face blinking at him from within a grey nimbus of curse how did a female human even get in here why was a human in his bedroom why did the human look familiar why was the human making a tusk noise my grandson is always poking at his phone too but surely you have better hobbies young man gladys for gladys it was was apparently transplanted into his flat from the weird bakery where she usually existed doing fiddly things with yarn that he could not seem to learn so it was obviously a human thing that demons were barred from like the lord's prayer or wearing pink hello he tried he couldn't decide if he should put on a shirt Did he even own any tangible shirts? He usually just snapped them into being. Probably not the best thing to do in front of one of the angel's friends. Her eyes softened and she cooed at him. Apparently, hello was the magic word. Or maybe she just had a soft touch for miserably sticky, skinny, man-shaped beings. In any case, she got him up and walking. She was somehow holding the container of medical goop. He kept an eye on it, in case she tried anything. Also, he didn't have his glasses on. Was her eyesight that bad that she hadn't noticed? Well, that was a load off of his mind even if he did feel intensely naked at the moment. Crowley walked into his own kitchen, having been firmly escorted by an elderly mortal woman who was barely up to his shoulder, and was almost blinded by the dazzling smile of his favorite being in the world. Aziraphale was slicing pieces of angel food cake there were at least two on his pristine countertop and a multitude of plates being shared around a ziraphyr beamed at him and all hell broke loose crowley was immediately at the centre of a whirlwind of tiny ladies all of whom seemed to remember him well and fondly it was horrifying he was installed on his own couch with a bunch of fluffy white towels he had never seen before, and handed a steaming cup of tea, sweetened with honey and probably, ugh, made with love. He took a sip of tea, then another, yes, made with love, disgusting. He took another sip, he would endure it tasted the way that the angel looked at him Zeroville had obviously miracled up some chairs or possibly just expected them to be there and his living room was more populated than it had ever been there was cheerful chatter all around with sweet voices bantering around like a flock of birds Zeraphim settled next to him, fastidiously adjusting his towel that prevented his sticky self from adhering to his furniture forever. Rose, the queen of the London bobbers, was delicately eating her own slice of angel food cake and raised a forkful at him like a toast. Once he had finished his tea, his cup was replaced with a plate of cake, and he sheepishly took a bite. Aziraphale had remembered his favorite dessert. He had ordered it the first time out of irony, but had actually liked it. Not that he had ever admitted such a thing. The angel noticed a lot more than anyone gave him credit for. Crowley hadn't anticipated eating cake in his living room, while shirtless and surrounded by human retirees, who wanted to feed him and teach him to knit, but it wasn't that bad of an experience. Plus, his angel was there. Frankly, if he wasn't so itchy, it would have been pretty fun. And the medicinal goop that Gladys looked ready to reapply at any moment was somewhat doing its work four stars out of five he eventually finished his plate and it was whisked away immediately with a maternal kiss to the forehead that made his eyes prickle sharply aziraphale gave him a moment to gather himself which he appreciated deep in his blackened heart but he was glad none of his old co-workers could see him now a hunched little sweetheart with a fluff of curls as wide as a zebra fields handed him another cup of tea rose opened up her enormous handbag and took out some business-like pill bottles after quizzing him on his tolerances which he alternately shrugged and scoffed at she eventually handed him a white tablet that apparently one of her daughters swore by for her seasonal allergies he swallowed it with a gulp of sweetened tea why not an hour later and another two cups of tea heaven bless if he didn't feel like a new demon the itchiness faded and after another quick shower where hurried snap of fingers had made sure that a full set of clothing was waiting for him he was clean dressed and far cooler than he had been at the start of the festivities when he re-emerged into the kitchen where all of the ladies were busily washing and drying the dishes they had used he was greeted with a cheer his cheeks were pinched and an extra bottle of allergy pills was stuffed into his hand he clutched them else they were worth more than gold to him human medicine who knew they had apparently made a lot of progress since the ideas of the four humours his ear gave him a warm and cosy squeeze that made his knees wobble the angel hesitantly gestured at his homicidal sweater damp and laid out flat on another set of towels on the table to dry the girls gave me their advice and it has been washed and detergent which is he paused then enunciated carefully hypoallergenic told them what had happened and they were willing to accompany me to help out and make sure that you were all right crowley nodded helplessly rose lifted a eyebrow from across the kitchen while she was drying her hands he cleared his throat and tried again thanks angel azirathiel fiddled with his golden ring sorry, dearest, he began. Crowley recoiled with an actual hiss. No, no, not going to start that. Not your fault, he snarled. And I have these pills now. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Rose. I owe you. Aziraphale seemed weak with relief. Their guests were giving them both knowing looks, and wordlessly started gathering up their things and meeting up chairs. There was a piece of paper next to the drying sweater, with scribbles in multiple colors and types of handwriting. Curious, Crowley picked it up. It was full of instructions. Apparently, angel sweaters took a lot of time and effort to maintain. None of the writing matched the angel's careful copper-plate, and he looked around at his innocent-faced houseguests suspiciously. It was closer to dinner-time at this point, and his guests, after disconcertingly heartfelt good wishes and farewells, trickled out of his flat. The last to go was Gladys, who patted his chest firmly. You take good care of that sweater, won't you? She asked crisply. Crowley nodded. She smiled and glanced slyly at Aziraphale. The angel blushed. After the door shut, there was a moment of silence, and Crowley removed her sunglasses again. He wasn't sure why he had put them on after his shower, other than habit. Thanks for bringing your friends, Angel, and for the gift. I'll take good care of it. Promise. They care about you. Zirafi responded quietly. Yeah. Bad taste. Bad luck to them. The angel hummed noncommittedly, stepped closer, and gave him a little kiss to the cheek. Crowley's heart almost exploded. They care about you, Aziraphale repeated, but not as much as I do. Yeah. Aziraphale's fingers entwined gently with his. Always, Lord the end.